let's get into the word. This is the last of our elementary series. We have been getting back into the foundation. I, you know, the more I pray about this, we might bring this back every couple years. Because, man, this is just, it's so important to make sure that we have correct doctrine, that we have the elementary principles of Christ down, that we can move on to maturity. Now, I'm not saying that I'm sure that I am wrong about something in the Bible. I'm confident of that. I've been, I've, had, I've been reading like, oh, I didn't realize that many times in the past. But Paul is saying these are the things you need to get right, right? To be able to go on to maturity, you have to get these six things correct. And so we have talked about repentance from dead works, faith, baptisms, laying on of hands, and the resurrection of the dead. This morning, we're going to wrap it up. Let's read our scripture this morning out of Hebrews chapter 6, verse 1. It says this, Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity. So these are the basics, right? Paul's about to give us a list of the simple things. You can't go on to maturity without these things. It says, Not laying again foundation, that a foundation this morning, of repentance from dead works and of faith towards God and instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. The main point I have for you this morning is that it's exam time. It's exam time. It's test time. I've been following Jesus since 1998, 15 years old. I got radically saved. I don't know that I have ever heard a sermon solely based on eternal judgment. Think about that for a minute. I mean, I listen to a lot of podcasts, guys, a lot of sermons. I'm, I'm in the thousands range at this point in my life. And I don't know that I've ever heard one sermon about eternal judgment and eternal judgment alone. Maybe I have, and I just don't remember. It's possible. But that's kind of crazy when you think about it. Here it is, Paul lists this as an elementary doctrine of Christ. You'd think we would talk about this often. But it's kind of co- become taboo in our culture. Think about that. That's scary. Because this should be something we proclaim often. And there's a, you know, last week I talked about how there, there's a lot of people that don't be leaving life after death, Right? But I think that there's even more people that don't believe in any kind of judgment after you die. I think there's a lot of people out there that believe everything will be okay. There's no judgment. There's no eternal punishment. If you're a good person, I'm sure you're okay. Do you know twice I have been duped into reading books? Twice. The first time I was in Hastings, back when it was Hastings over on Appleway. And I come in, and I was thinking about a testimony somebody had shared about how he, he had died physically on the, on the operating table and that Jesus spoke to him. And I was like, man, that was really cool. And as I walk in the store, that I see this book, and I'm, it's about a doctor that had, was in a coma for months. And I'm like, hmm, this is interesting. And I look at it, and I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. He talks about how he had gone to heaven, had spoke to Jesus, how for months he was in heaven. And I'm not kidding. You guys are going to think I'm crazy. But everything about this book looked like it was biblical. And so I picked it up and I started reading it. I buy it and I go home and I start reading. I get about halfway through the book. 
And the guy starts talking about, oh, there's many gods and many ways to heaven. And everybody gets to go. There's nobody that doesn't get to go to heaven. It was like this, this, uh, this deception from the enemy. Like it looks like a Christian book on the outside. You get halfway through of it. It's an interesting story. And all of a sudden, everything changes. Everything changes. The second time I, I read a book called The God-Shaped Brain. The God-Shaped Brain. And, uh, and it, so it's a science book. And the first half of it is about what technology does to the brain and how the effects that it has. Very interesting book. I get about halfway through it. The guy's is teaching annihilationism. And how the, every, every, there's, there's no eternal life. Nobody, nobody lives for eternity. But you know, the truth is, there's some churches that hide behind that facade also. Did you guys know that? There's, a, there's some churches that teach this. Like, for example, Seventh-day Seventh Adventists and Jehovah Witnesses, they believe in annihilationism. They do not believe that you will live for eternity. They believe at some point in time, you will cease to exist. I want you to know something this morning. You were created for eternity. You will exist forever, one place or the other. Your soul was made to exist forever. In Genesis, when it says you will surely die, he was talking about a spiritual death and a physical death. But your spiritual side will exist for all eternity. All eternity. I've been told that, that the Mormons believe you will be able to count on one hand all the people that go to hell. That's exactly the opposite of what Jesus says. Jesus says, narrow is the way and few who find it. But they teach all the people that will go to hell will be able to count them on one hand. Some of these religions put on a Christian facade. They make it sound biblical. But it's not. It's deception. God says, to go on to maturity, we have to understand eternal judgment. In the book of Daniel, chapter 12, these are some of my favorite verses in all of Scripture. i got to tell you, as I read these, start thinking, there's a lot going on in the world today. Are we winding down towards the final countdown yet? It's interesting. Verse 1 here says, At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who, is, who was in charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been since before... There was a nation till that time. But at that time, the, your people shall be delivered. Everyone whose name shall be found written in the book of life. In the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. But you, Daniel, shut up the words that sealed the book until the time of the end. Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall increase. Now, there has been a lot of people that have attacked that word everlasting and say, well, in Hebrew, it didn't necessarily mean eternal or everlasting, meaning forever. Listen, I want you to know something. This Hebrew word is most often used in association with God's character. Right? So, like, for example, let me just give you one example of many. Psalms 90, verse 2. Before the mountains were brought forth, are ever 
you had formed the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. So we have no problem saying, well, God's eternal in this sense. But there's a lot of people that will attack this Hebrew word and say, well, it's not eternal for humanity. It's the same word, guys. It's the same word. If you believe God's eternal, then you're going to believe that we are going to have everlasting life or everlasting contempt. You guys following with me this morning? Not only does the Old Testament teach this, the New Testament teaches this. Let me get five. Second Corinthians 5.10 says this. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So we know that we are going to stand in judgment before Jesus. Did you guys know that? We're going to stand in judgment before Jesus as believers and even unbelievers in judgment before Jesus. We see this in John chapter 5. Let me read this to you. This should scare every single one of us. John chapter 5. Truly, truly, I say to you, in that first coming, it is now here. That you will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. We're getting closer to that hour. Getting real close. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear the voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life. And those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. If you are not in good standings with Jesus this morning, that should scare you. Because there's going to be a judgment. There's going to be very clear. Everyone who is alive, who has been alive, and who will be alive is going to stand before judgment before Jesus. Is that clear enough in Scripture? It's clear, right? I don't know if you cut now. Am I cutting out? happens again maybe i'll grab a mic i don't know if you're like me but i but i get a little nervous before an exam right anybody else feels a little nervous before exam i uh, i tend to to be nervous before them i remember being in school um mrs volkelman's class mrs volkelman she taught social studies in fourth grade and the big exam that year was states and their capitals and we got tested every single week about it every monday we would come in and we'd have like five states and five capitals that we'd have to test on in preparation for the big the end of the year sherry do you want to hook me up with a mic the 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 big test that we had to take at the end of the year and so sunday night would come along fourth grade little steve sitting in his room had just watched batman the cartoon right thank you sherry had just Thank you, Jordan. Jordan's going to hook us up here in a second. I believe. Hey, there we go. Had just literally ate dinner, watched Batman the cartoon. That was our favorite. And I'm studying like crazy to get these states and capitals. Because I was nervous before the test. It helped me to understand that I'm a visual learner. I am. I'm a visual learner. That, I, that I've, like at one point in time, the teacher had a song. And she was trying to get the kids to remember the states and their capitals. I couldn't do it. This is not the way that I, I'm just not that way. But give me something where I can read it 
and I'll remember it. So I would sit there and I'd write it down 50 times each, like over and over again. State and the capital, state and the capital. That's how I learned. Then we got to the big final test of the year. And it, this was so dramatic in my life. I remember the type of paper it was on. It was that like thick parchment type paper. The entire United States. And then on a separate piece of paper was Hawaii and Alaska. Like you couldn't get that right. They were separate. I mean, come on. That was the easy ones. And I was so nervous. Now, to this day, I cannot remember what I got, but I remember I passed. Yes, yeah, I did that. I passed. And here's the thing about an exam. Once you're in the exam, preparation's over. It's over. You are either prepared or you're not prepared, but you're in the middle of it. You can't go back and prepare anymore after that. You have to take the exam. You have to put pencil to paper. You either, you either know it or you don't. Here's the point this morning. You are literally in the exam right now. You're living it right now. Pencil to paper. This, you're, you're in the exam. Once you get to judgment day, there's no more, hey, Jesus, I would, Jesus, I would have done the things. Jesus, I would have lived for you. Jesus, I would have given my heart. It's over. You're going to get a grade. Just like I did little Steve. Either got an A or a B or a C or a D. I didn't fail, but I could have. You're going to get a grade on Judgment Day. But when you get there, it's over. You can't talk your way out of it. You can't change the answers. It's already done. Once you get that grade. And as Christians, we have to understand this. This is so important for us to understand. To understand that you are in the middle of the test right now. In these moments. To understand that what you do this year, this month, this moment, today, is a test that you are going to be judged on. What you have to understand this morning is that you are living in the exam right now. When you stand before Jesus, the exam is over. That's just the grade. Whether you pass or you fail, whether you make it or you don't, whether you get an A or a D, you're living the exam right now. There's no changing it once you get there. Scripture says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We should take this serious. It's how we move on to maturity. This scripture in Matthew chapter 7 says this. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That should scare us, right? That should scare us. But the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. I have a feeling that we're going we're gonna to be standing before Jesus and there's going to be lots of people making excuses and Jesus is going to say, well, I said this and that'll be the end of it. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. Am I the only one in the room that that scripture right there makes them nervous? These are people that are doing things for Jesus, or at least presenting themselves as if they had done them for Jesus. Is that shocking or not? Should, this should shock every 
single one of us. Yet judgment day comes and they get a failing grade. Depart from me, for I never knew you. Which then leads me to the question, how do I at least pass? How do I pass? Right? That was the first thing that pops into my mind. How do do I get through this? How do I pass? How how am I saved? How How do I get to heaven? I don't want to depart from Jesus. I want him to take me into his kingdom. How do I get through it? I want a judgment day that at least I get to go into the kingdom, right? Well, let's look at that this morning. Let's look at Matthew chapter 25. We're talking final judgment. Jesus describes it for us. He goes into detail to a certain degree. And he says this in verse 31. It says, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Getting closer to that day. Times are ticking. Times are ticking. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. Pass or fail? F or not? This is. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on his left. This is that moment of judgment. So these people can't change the outcome at this point. It's too late. They have already done the exam. It's over. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. Notice that this is an exam grade, right? It's either pass or fail. Either you got in or you didn't. Because that becomes important here in just a minute in our next scripture. Okay? Verse 41. Then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice again, the grade was given. The crazy part about this is these are people that that thought they were serving Jesus. These are people that thought they were good. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger and you did not welcome me. Naked and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. Then they will also will answer, saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry, or thirsty, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister to you? Then he will answer them, saying, Truly I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. You will notice the confusion of both groups. They're both like, Jesus, when did we see you? No, man, we didn't see you. At any point in time, did we ever see you? They're both, they're both confused. And here's why they're, 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 they're confused here. See, one group, the righteous, they are just doing what Jesus would do on earth. They are just doing the things that Jesus would do 
if he was here. How do they know what Jesus would do? Well, I think the key phrase is when he says, depart from me, for I never knew you. These are people that draw close to the heart of Jesus and get direction and become Christ-like. These are people that know who Jesus is as a friend. That's what their salvation is based off of. Is that they know Jesus, they receive his, his forgiving grace in their life, and they are saved. And then they go out, and as they draw closer to Jesus, they go, Oh, well, Jesus would feed the hungry. Clothe, clothe the naked, visit those in prison, visit the sick. That's where, they, that's where that comes from. They are just doing what the Lord puts on their heart because they're drawing closer to Jesus and they're following him. Then you get to those that are internal judgment. They're equally confused. Lord, when did we see you? When, 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 did, when, did, when did we see you at all in, any, in one of those conditions? And that, lead, that question right there leads me to believe that if they had thought it was Jesus, they would have acted differently. Did you guys pick up on that? If they had thought that Jesus was there, they would have acted differently. But they weren't close to Jesus, so they didn't know how to go about their lives. They didn't know what Christ's life looked like in their life. They had no idea. In both cases, their lives were the exam. In both cases, they're just sitting before Judgment Day. They're, being, they're either pass or fail, but the exam is already over. It's done. So there's the judgment between heaven or hell. Salvation and punishment. An eternity spent with Jesus, an eternity spent without Jesus. But did you know there's going to be a believer's judgment too? Do you guys know this? There's a, there's a lot. I've met a lot of people. I have met a lot of people that, are, that just believe that once we get there, we get there. We're all happy. We're all equal. Everything's great. And as I do agree that we will be happy to be there, it's not all equal playing field. There is a believer's judgment, the judgment seat of Christ. Let me read this to you where Paul writes about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, it says this. According to the grace of God given to me by like a skilled master builder, I laid a foundation. And everyone else is building upon it. Let each one take care of how he builds on it. For no one can lay a foundation other than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Paul said there's a foundation being built. And people are going to build upon it. Do you know who's working on that foundation? Look at your neighbor and say, you work in construction. You work in construction. We are all called to lay that foundation. That's exactly what those believers were doing in the prior scripture. They were building upon the foundation that was Jesus. You work in construction. Pete and I were at um, Popeye's the other day and someone called him Pete the Builder. thought that was kind of fitting. <laughs> Pete the Builder. Verse, verse 12. Now, if anyone builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each one's work will become manifest, for the day will disclose it, the day that we're getting closer to. Because it will be revealed by fire, and the fire will test what sort of work each one has done. Did you catch that? 
what we do as believers is going to be tested. Every single thing. Verse 14. For the work that anyone has built on the foundation, if, if the work that anyone builds on the foundation survives, he will receive a reward. And if anyone's work is burned up, he will suffer loss. Though he himself will be saved. So these are people that are saved. Okay? But as through fire. So you passed. You made it. But now we're going to find out what your life is really all about. Is anybody else shocked in the room to learn this? Like this is not commonly taught. The believers are going to have a judgment day also. And even though you get into heaven, everything you did in your life is going to be tested. And you'll be saved, but as through fire. Does anybody, does this verse make anybody rethink their life at all? Because it certainly does me. It certainly does me. Because we're going to stand before Jesus. And here's, here's what's going to happen. So this is just my life, okay? Now, I'm about to make a loud noise. I, I don't want anybody to be scared when this happens. The, 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 this is just my life, right? So I preach the gospel. It's what I'm passionate about. I love preaching the gospel. It's what God put inside of me. I love it. But one day, I'm going to stand before Jesus, and every word that I say is going to be judged. And here's how we're going to judge. Did you do it for selfish ambition? For your own glory? Or did you lay a foundation that was Jesus Christ? And one day he's going to take every sermon I've ever preached, any time that I ever shared the gospel, he's going to throw it in the fire. <laughs> Sorry. He's going to throw it in the fire. And we're going to see what's left afterwards. And that's the beautiful thing. I mean, you see a lot of Christians that get, that get judged out there, right? People talk about me. People talk about the online pastors. People talk about you and other people in the church. One day it's not going to matter because we're going to find out. And I love the show me attitude, right? One day we're going to find out. You don't have to worry about somebody else. They're going to stand before Jesus one day. We're going to find out. Another aspect of my life, I've adopted four kids, right? Because the Bible says, take care of orphans. And one day I'm going to stand before Jesus, and, and I'm going to find out really, really quick, did I do that for selfish ambition because I wanted to, because I wanted people to see me, look at me, look what I've done, or did I do it because I wanted to lay a foundation of Jesus and show four kids the love of Christ? And you know what's going to happen? I'm going to toss that on the fire. We're going to find out. We're going to find out. And if it burns up, I'll be saved, but as through fire. Or maybe there's something left. And there's a reward at the end of it. But I want you to know, all of us are going to experience that. So what is it for you? What are you doing in your life currently? What works? What, what do you say on a day-to-day -day basis? What, what, are you, what are you presenting before Jesus that he's going to throw in the fire? Is there going to be anything left? Do you do it from selfish ambition and a desire to take care of yourself and your needs? Or do you lay the foundation that is Jesus Christ? Because one day, every word, every thought, every deed is going to be thrown in the fire. We're going to find out.
You don't have to judge anybody else's heart. Jesus is going to do that for you. We're going to find out. There's a day coming. This is how we go on to maturity. To understand this. To know. I better have the right motivation. I better be doing this for the right reasons. Because there's a day coming. It's all going to be burned up. We're going to see what's left. When I was a young man, I was leading a youth group, and I used an illustration from the movie Gladiator. Anybody else ever see the movie Gladiator? Okay, a couple of you. So, some, so the rest are all saved, right? I, I literally got told, I used this illustration, and, and a pastor from a different church told me. He said, listen, if you, if you have used that in my church, I would immediately remove you from ministry for using that illustration. But you all are saved and forgiving, right? So I'm going to use the illustration anyway. Beginning of, of Gladiator, right? They're going into battle. And, and I can just envision kind of like the church, right? We're going into battle. And they're riding on horses. And he says, remember, this is a Steve Carr's paraphrase, remember what you do in this lifetime will echo through eternity. And I don't think the producers and the writers of that movie had any idea how close to the truth that they truly were. Because it's true. You're living the exam. You have pencil to paper right now. And then when it's judgment, it's judgment, and that's it. And that will echo through eternity. The book of Daniel says so, right? Forever and ever. Stars in the sky shine like the sun. Forever and ever. This is what it means to move on to maturity. Have you ever heard the phrase, being so heavenly minded? That you're no earthly good. Maturity is this. Being so heavenly minded that you live out the gospel every single day of your life. In your work. In your family. In your church. At the grocery store. To know. I'm building a foundation. That foundation better be Jesus Christ. Sherry, if you want to come forward. It's an open book exam. <laughs> it's an open book exam. That's exactly right, Pete. It's an open book exam. You get pre-full warning. And then the best part is it's never turn too late to change your mind. To start doing the things that Christ would do. To follow after him. To ask you to take ask him to take that heart of stone that you have inside your chest and make it flesh. So I just want you to take a minute. The prayer team comes forward. Take a minute as I'm praying and examine your own life. What words, deeds, thoughts am I being judged for? Am I following through with what Christ has called me to do? Because your walk with Jesus will look different than the other person's walk with Jesus, right? I get, to, I get told a lot about like the river church, like, we should do this, we should do that, we should do this, we should... No, no, I just want to be the river church and do what Jesus called us to do. That's what I want to do. I don't want to be anybody else's churches. Let them do that. Let's see what the Holy Spirit says about our church. And the same is true with your life. It's going to look different. But are you following through? It's an open book exam. It's a, it's a, uh, it's a, a chance to say, I know what the judgment day is coming. I know... What is expected just has to start doing.
So as I pray, and afterwards we're going to be dismissed, but I just want to encourage you, we have some wonderful people up here, that if you need someone to pray with, if you don't know who Jesus is, and want to know who Jesus is, these, these wonderful people will help walk you through that. Or maybe you're just saying, you know, I'm not living for Jesus like I should be. They're here, they're available, and they're happy to pray with you. We're going to pray, and then we'll be dismissed. And, and as you exit, you just be quiet if anybody's praying. That'd be great. But Lord, I thank you that it's an open book exam, that it's pre-warning, it's full disclosure, nothing hidden, that you are calling us to a life of serving you, loving you, laying a foundation that is of you. Not because you, 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 you have to have all these things, but because you want us to come bring a heart of worship unto you who truly loves you. And Lord, I pray, Father, that all of us in this room would keep in our minds that judgment day is coming, that we would examine every aspect of our life, thought, deed, word, what we do at work, what we do at church, what we do 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 our, our hobbies, every aspect, and ask the question, am I laying a foundation that is Jesus? Lord, be with every single person in this room. Speak to us throughout the week. Thank you for the miraculous healing power that you have. In Jesus' name, amen. If you need prayer this morning, there's, prayer, there's people up here that are willing to pray with you. Otherwise, God bless you. We will see you next Sunday. Amen. You can have.